Greetings and welcome. This is episode 16 of the Afterlife Question and Answer. My name is Jack Bybee. I am the host of this podcast. As of the last time I checked on the buzzsprout.com download statistics, we are at 413 downloads today, January the 1st. 2024. Thank you. What a way to start the new year. And to everyone of you who helped to make this podcast worthwhile, thank you. And from Podcast Pre-Production Desk, we wish you all a happy, healthy and peaceful 2024. In this episode, I'll discuss the following. Do those of us in the near-death community hear the music? Certainly, but just because it does not fit into the standard view of reality, does it mean that those, like myself, are outside the norm of reality, for better or worse? Further, does the science of NDEs diminish the near-death experience for the experiencer? No, not really, as I detail in my book, The Memories of Perfect Love are all that matter for me. And that, of course, is due to the extreme, very strong emotion of the event. Very quick public service announcement, and here... I'm certain my regular listeners has have heard me say this before, but just in case. If you are going through a difficult time, try to change your thinking. Your prayer and meditation are most helpful in achieving an answer. Every prayer is answered. All we have to do is listen for the answer. So, do those of us in the near-death community Hear the music? Certainly, but just because it does not fit into the standard view of reality, does it mean that those like myself are outside of the norm of reality, or worse? Here's a question I recently received. Does a science and research into the NDE diminish the experience for the experiencer? No, not really. As I detail in my book, Memories of Eternity, those memories of perfect love are all that matter for me, and that is due to the very strong emotional emotion of the event. The big issue for me is science, and the view of the NDE that science, of course, demands empirical evidence evidence that can be duplicated in a lab by others. No, you cannot do that and hope to create a near-death experience. It doesn't work like that. In my undergrad studies in psychology at the University of Arizona, I tried fervently to convince faculty as well as the controlling bodies of the university's research ethics departments, that I could pursue researching the NDE for my honors thesis. 
due to the subjective nature of the NDE, that for my honors thesis, the near-death experience is purely subjective and was negated. While I became good friends with faculty members, many of whom tried to get me to understand that they would not sign off on anything that could not be replicated and shown as empirical. It meant that my entire honest thesis was brought to a screeching halt, and I had no option but, sadly, to give up. And I don't give up easily, but I had to. The issues with many in science poo-pooing the NDE is understandable. My immediate retort to anyone in science, religion, or in the public who scoffs at what I say in answer to many questions is, just wait. Sooner or later, your turn will come. Sooner or later. That, however, did not get my honest thesis accepted, much to my chagrin. Now, there is research by people like Drs. Kenneth Ring, Raymond Moody, PMH Atwater, and others, but these people took years to get their research done with, I presume, research funding, something I still hope for. And I get, and I had to get my honors thesis done in a semester, maximum of two semesters at the most. And as an undergrad, most everything was self-funded. I am, however, a mite cautious about this, and that is why I institute what I call a selected ears policy, that this audio podcast is the major exception of. But if someone here in the United States asks me about death, about death consciousness, I certainly try not going out and sprouting off about death consciousness if there isn't a very real reason and understanding of what I'm saying. It gets rather interesting, especially if the aforementioned scientific researchers are not receptive to the concept of death consciousness. But, as before, all they have to do is wait. It's a bit late in the day then, of course, but that's their problem, not mine. Uh, Certainly, I am not trying to convince anyone of anything except the few lessons I learnt on the other side, like being aware of the consequences of our actions and other issues, as I detailed in Memories of Eternity. So, do those of us in the near-death community hear the music? Certainly. But just because it does not fit into the standard view of reality, does it mean that those, like myself, are outside the norm of reality, or worse? This is something that I have not told many people before, but quite frankly, there's no reason why I shouldn't. My NDE occurred in South Africa, in what is known as Hrotuskir Hospital, 
or the Hospital of the Big Bond. That was in 1972, three years before Dr. Raymond Moody published his book, basically what amounted to his medical thesis called The Light Beyond. So when I recovered in hospital after this marvelous adventure to the other side, and I started asking medical staff when I could go back to the light, where my friends were, and I started talking about issues that most medical types I spoke to didn't have the slightest idea of how to treat me. So I do believe that simply because medical staff, including the faculty in psychiatry and psychology, just didn't know what to do with me, so they put me in a mental asylum outside of Cape Town. I was talking about meeting and communicating with a light and interacting with people who were long, long, long dead. So after two or three weeks of being in this institution, I decided that I was well enough that I could actually teach medical staff <laughs> some things, and I checked myself out of that institution. And that was that. I started getting better and better. And while I was in South Africa before I emigrated in 1982, I made certain and my medical people made certain that I was completely healed from the issues that had gotten me to flatline in the first place. The issue is, of course, yes, metaphorically, I heard the music, as it was. Did I then and do I now dance to a different tempo? Yes, as a matter of fact, I believe I do. The issue for me is I don't have to believe anything. I don't need faith. I've been there. I've experienced it. I've seen what it's all like, and I really want to try to help others. All I'm trying to do, I say again, all I'm trying to do is trying to help others understand that here in the realm of the relative, we all have lessons to learn. And when our time is up, there is nothing to fear about passing on. However, we must first learn whatever lessons we were sent here to learn. Now, this gets on to the issue of, is our life predetermined? before we even land up in this realm of the relative. That's an issue I've gone backwards and forwards on. For some things, yes, I would agree, could have been predetermined on the other side. The future is known to quantum entanglement, as I discovered in death consciousness. I heard tunes, and I learned things, that could easily have been interpreted as mentally unstable. I do not use the word mad or insane very easily. It all depends on your perspective. Certainly, to this day, no one has ever cast doubt on my sanity, or not to my face, that is, but merely because certain actions or ideas do not or are not verifiable does not mean that they do not happen. 
just because you cannot see, feel, hear, or experience an issue doesn't mean to say that it's not there. So, just because, and those who were seen dancing were thought to be insane by those who could not hear the music, as Nishke says, is it fair to judge or chastise those who cannot hear the music? No. That's pretty much the premise of this entire audio podcast. So, yes, just because most of the world's population doesn't hear, to use Nishke's statement, doesn't hear the music, it doesn't mean that they won't hear the music sooner or later. As far as I'm concerned, all they have to do is wait. Oh, and please, to you, my listener, ask more questions and I'll try to come up with more answer. In the meantime, with a brand new year at our doorstep, I'll go on dancing to the music I hear. All the best. And so, that's it for this podcast. And into the new year of 2024 we go. To all my listeners, I am delighted you keep downloading. Thank you. For 2024, if you'd love to tell others about this podcast, no matter where you are, I'd really appreciate it. And from us here in Arizona, in the United States, I wish you all the best. I wish you a, pro a prosperous, happy, and peaceful 2024. Please, let's all pray and work for peace. Please remember, you and I are here to life, to learn life lessons. Thank you. All the best in 2024. Please pray for peace. May you walk in peace, journey in delight. May the blessings of the Perfect One be with you and yours always. Namaste, Jack out.